back quarterback number 19 Bernie Bernie oh yeah how oh, you can throw yeah 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 Bernie Bernie oh baby Super Bowl All right, everybody, welcome to Six Bees and a Peas, always exciting, mandatory minicamp. I'm your host, Brian Costco, here for yet another wonderful and terrible, I assume, season of Browns football on AquabearLegion.com with your favorite Browns podcast, Six Bees and One P. I am joined today... By all those that answered the mandatory minicamp call. Ian Wolf. Yes, sir. Brian Weeby. Hey. Chris Poland. Reporting for duty. Dave Obenauer. President. Aaron Van Dorn. Howdy. Jerry Oliver. Hello. What a fantastic group of people. Hopefully even a few more will trickle in before our time is done. Thank you all for coming. Hey, thanks for having us. Good to be here. So obviously the Browns, even for those among us who are not, uh, you know, such adamant followers of this terrible nonsense, are just about to start their season on September 7th, the hated Pittsburgh Steelers. And just like any other Browns offseason, this has been the only time that we have hope. Until Saturday night. Last Saturday night, mine was gone already. (laughs) that in a moment. But most importantly, and obviously as time has gone on, we've seen even more so that the biggest thing surrounding the Browns, and arguably the only interesting thing, is one Jonathan Q football. Do you think we should just talk about that right off the bat? Sure. Okay. Van Dorn? Well, I've been noticing this young man's name popping up, and Johnny Manzili or whatever his uh, real name may or may not be, and I just wanted to know why the Onion seems to really have it out for him, because it seems like every other day they're publishing some sort of uh, hilarious slam against some douchey-looking bro. Well, the answer to that question is he he is, in fact, a colossal uh, cock. Yep. Usually. No. He's a pretty terrible-seeming guy. I don't know. I think he's all right. <laughs> Where is he from originally? Texas, right? Yeah, probably. That's, that's Football. not a good place. <laughs> Football County. Uh, was he actually on Friday Night Lights? Yes. He uh, was uh, Saracen, Matt Saracen. <laughs> He's the one that killed people. I never watched that show. <laughs> he, was guy, he was the guy that murdered that person in that one episode with uh, Landry the kicker. Um, no, he's from Texas, Texas A&M, and he is a colossal douchebag. Like he has a very serious long-term record now that is like instant Google first page of how big of a douchebag he is. Well, is he a douchebag or does he just party? He's a douchebag. I party, dude, and I'm not like. I'm not here for the money phone. I wish I was, Dave. <laughs> I mean, I don't think this guy would be any of our best friends, but I mean, he's not like Roethlisberger or anything. Right. That we know of. That yeah. we know of. I That's mean, if, yeah. 
I mean, I guess what's what's the beef with him? I, uh... Well, I mean, there's no beef with him. I've often said that even the most terrible of people could be successful for the Browns, and I would love them. So, yeah, I'm good, dude. He dove in for a super sweet touchdown the other night in the crappiest game ever. And I told Sherry then, and she's a Brian Hoyer lover. So is this kid any good? Eh. Remains to be seen. Probably not, though. <laughs> because, that, because that dive in for the, the touchdown, that was against their, like, second or third string defense, right? Yeah, probably. But more important than whether or not he's good, uh, did they pay too much for him? I, now there's a, I think there's structured salaries for rookies in the NFL now. Uh, yeah, they would draft him higher than he would have gone if he went to another team, I'd say. Yeah. So if, if somebody else had drafted him after the Browns didn't, in other words. Do you yeah. think the fact that his last name is football helped him or hurt him in the draft? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, question. Gentlemen, anybody? I'd say help. Help. I mean, very good. I mean, if it was Johnny Baseball, I can't imagine people would have wanted to draft him that highly. Right. How highly we was we last year? <laughs> we did a yeah, we did have a quarterback named Baseball last year. Brandon Baseball. <laughs> um, so we have a note here in this discussion on John Q. Football. Yeah, he's essentially like just a big flamboyant sort of douchey guy, Aaron and. He quarterbacked Texas A&M, like, not even to a national championship, but, like, he was pretty good, you know, but he sort of just ran around and, like, <laughs> he ran he around. He won the Heisman as a freshman. He's so <laughs> like, you're, right. <laughs> you're right. Brian Weeby's right. He did have a fantastic freshman. <laughs> Basically just ran around and threw the ball over the air. Well, he ran, he ran forward a lot. That was good. I think, though, here's what I'd say, though, is, like, you know, watching his, like, college highlights or whatever, he doesn't look like the prototypical, you know, Tom Brady, pretty boy, rocket arm kind of thing, but he's really good at, like, running from a bunch of guys and pulling off a miracle, and I think that's kind of, like, (laughs) the ideal Browns quarterback. Isn't that what they said about Tim Tebow as well? He was good at pulling things out in the clutch at the end of the game when everything was already falling to shit? Yeah, like, Johnny Manziel's like Tim Tebow if instead of being into Jesus, he was into, like, Tim Whoa. <laughs> right? I, I, I could see that being the case, but I don't know. Like, here's the thing. Better. Tim Tebow played well when he was allowed to play. Nothing? Is that <laughs> why he's he did play good when he played. Everyone got the Tebow mania. Yeah, he beat. Didn't he beat the Steelers in the playoffs? I mean, playoffs. But wasn't the Tebow wasn't the Tebow mania related to Lynn Sanity? I thought they had the same root virus. <laughs> First you get the Lynn Sanity, and then you break out with the bad case of the Tebow mania. It's like chicken pox and shingles. <laughs> so, so, like, so Manziel. You guys are able to separate the art from the artist, as it were, because to me it seems like he's totally the type of dude in high school would shove you up against a locker, call you a homo, and spread a rumor that you're jerking off in earth science class or something. That was really specific. (laughs) (laughs) You were working on that one, and I know what you said because you said so many things. You write what you know. (laughs) 
Well, I mean, he's not like Michael Vick or anything, and people seem to have been able to find their way to support Michael Vick, even though he's a dog murderer, which seems to be a little bit worse than uh, what Johnny Football's been up to, which, as far as I can see, has to, consists of passing out in baby pools. Swans. He swans. passed out in a giant swan. <laughs> he definitely hasn't killed any dogs. That you know of. Yeah. <laughs> Although he does, I read an article about him. His uh, family has a... Rich history of cockfighting. Nice. There was even a, a, a specific breed of fighting cock named like the Manzel Gray or something like that. <laughs> the old Manzel Grays. What, what, what would a poor history of cockfighting be? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So you guys have got you got Johnny Football holding down the pocket. Well, uh, no. How many quarterback right there? Pulling down the bench. Pulling down, down the pocket. All right, I want Van Dorn to talk more about football. I'm inventing more slang. Uh, so they played one game, as I understand no. it. It's not an official season game. It was just a demo game, right? Two things. Hold on, hold on. Real fast. I want on the record, just because it was the best thing I've ever heard, and they should change it. Preseason to now be changed to unofficial. Unofficial. And. There's been th- there's been three, not one. And yeah, fourth three. Oh, okay. Uh, so they've been th- they played three games already. How many members, uh, How many people on the Browns roster are dead or dying at this point in the season? Insider. Well, that's actually the one bright spot, isn't it? That we haven't had any injuries. Yeah, no one's hurt too bad. Though a bunch of our guys didn't play this last game. Is really, it because the they're afraid to play uh, for the Browns. Potential losses, Josh Gordon, though, for uh, suspension. Yeah, I can't remember where we left that on this podcast. You know, I actually didn't even have that as a topic. I've become numb to it. Yeah. Where did we leave it? Yeah. He probably shouldn't get suspended. <laughs> well, I think he's still appealing. He probably will, but I mean, Ray Rice gets uh, fuck that so, guy. Van Doren, keep going. We have Johnny Football. I like you. Want, I want. I think you should describe this. Well, I think last year we had you guys had two quarterbacks, right? As I recall, one of them managed to snap his back by stepping on a twig in the second game or something like that. Right. Uh, and then the other one uh, seemed to be only mildly more competent than a 60-year-old uh, Pakistani man running uh, trying after a 12-hour shift in a taxi. There goes our Pakistani audience. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking about which, but yes. I... It's there just were a, three quarterbacks last year. Oh yeah, like uh, who's the third? Colt McCoy? No, he was gone. Jason Campbell. Jason Campbell. So it sounds like basically everyone uh, who plays for the Browns right now has either played for them for more than seven seasons or less than two. I'd say that's a fair sort of. There's a few exceptions. Those guys are the good ones, the ones that aren't falling into this category. Seems like, like a rough way to start a season. <laughs> it's terrible, yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. We had here, and I think this is a valid thing, is like, we'll talk about the de- – our defense is pretty good. So our defense I'm all right with. Um, same the, thing last year, though, right? Right, same thing. Um, the secondary looked terrible in that preseason game against the Rams, but they didn't have a few people that were – you know, Hayden didn't play and somebody else. But, you know, like, the defense looks all right, but, like, yeah, when you don't know who the quarterback is, <laughs> Your best player, who's also a wide receiver, like the best wide receiver in football, is on, like, pseudo, we don't know how long you're going to be suspended for, for smoking weed, 
you know, like it puts things in limbo. I mean, I'd say with the exception of losing Josh Gordon, though, I mean, at least on paper, I think every problem area was addressed in the offseason. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Got some running backs, finally, that aren't, you know, like doing the, uh, oh, what was that old guy's name? He'd run a yard and fall down. I was looking for a tweet for tonight's episode, and I was like, Fozzie Whitaker, who the hell is that? And then I was like, oh, yeah, Fozzie Whitaker. I remember that guy. He was the darling of this podcast for like three episodes. <laughs> talked about him a lot. Fozzie, we'd love to have you on the show. Uh, I also saw uh, just on my phone that they cut Edwin Baker today. They did. Mm-hmm. Another sad running back story. Breaking news. Yeah. I didn't look at the list, but they are down to, like, I think they just need to cut one more before Thursday. Um, and, uh, but there are lots of roster cuts happening. I wonder, how does that work with uh, Josh Gordon? I, I mean, does anybody have any idea? Like, does he have to be cut, or if he's suspended, that's just, like, a limbo? Probably just goes on uh, inactive think- status for a couple weeks. Yeah. How long it is. He's still under contract. Yeah. And they'd have to cut somebody, I think, when he came back. Right. But, yeah, I mean, you know, that does definitely put your whole offense in a little bit. I like Ben Tate, though. We have a new running back who's, like, as, yeah, Brian, you know, I mean, you mentioned even Tarrant getting more running backs that are competent. They got some decent wide receivers, too. I think Hawkins is good, but, like, it'd be a lot better if we had our best receiver. Right. After after the draft, I felt good about the Browns team. Tate hasn't looked that good in the preseason, though, right? I mean, a touchdown. So could I, though. Yes, maybe. <laughs> um, I mean, how do we just not forget who their other wide receivers were last year? You know, yeah. Little and uh, Devon Bess. I mean, it was Devon a real Bess. Devon. Hashtag Jaw Live. Yeah, Greg Little's starting with the motherfucking Raiders right now, too, dude. Yeah. Yeah, as of right now, he might. I mean, it's like a tenuous, you know, fight for the other wide receiver spot, but he's in the mix, which is crazy. Um, so we have in here, and I think this is pretty important: is how do we feel? Like, let's say, so Brian Hoyer's our quarterback right now, Aaron. It's not Johnny Manziel. It's not Johnny Football. It's Brian Hoyer, who's this guy that grew up in Cleveland, and is sort of a washed-up backup quarterback that. Played those couple games for the Browns last year, won them, and then snapped both of his ACLs in a game against the Bills. Both of them? I think so. Jesus. I, th- it was just, I think it's just one leg. It was one, maybe it's just one leg. He got fucked up. I am not a doctor. Sherry's right. I like. This. I feel like you're like in the ear, the earpiece. Like Sherry's just like you're not a doctor. <laughs> it is an important legal disclaimer. We should probably just run those down at the end of the show, like a big. Quick list of them. Um, not an actor. I'm not an actor. <laughs> so basically, we have Brian Hoyer, who's our quarterback now, and Johnny Football's behind him. He didn't win. So he's there, though, like a big giant douche, <laughs> diving for touchdowns in the preseason. And like the fans, did you hear? I don't know for those guys, you guys that watched the preseason game Saturday, like. Hoyer threw that interception, and everyone started booing, and, like, Johnny Doe for that awesome touchdown, which was awesome, and I was like, he's awesome. I want him to be my quarterback, and Sherry said that's wrong. Brian, still... Well, I, I guess I feel like Hoyer earned his shot last season before he got injured. 
Right. Um, but I don't envy the position he's in because every mistake he makes, that's going to happen. Right. You know, he'll get booed and they'll call for Johnny football. The curious thing I think about Manziel in Cleveland is he is like he's the complete antithesis of of what you think of when you think of a Cleveland Browns fan. You know what I mean? Like he is not downtrodden or you know blue collar at all. He's just some rich kid who happens to be good at football and right. a lot of money. I'm all right. I mean, so that brings me into then our next topic before break here is how do we feel about rooting for a grade A douche? Because I mean, even if he is good at football, like you know, he did flip off like the Redskins bench the other night in the preseason game, and I'm cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's fine. I, you know, that's I'm good with that, too. I'm good with that I, mean, one. I went to high school with this kid, Michael Collins. He played for OSU. Uh, it's, he was a defensive lineman, I think. He also guy. Ireland, from what I understand. I say what? <laughs> Nothing. No. Uh, but he ended up, he, I think he was a walk-on for the Lions for a season and before he got sent back and now works for his dad in Newark, Ohio, or something like that. But he was the dumbest human being I've ever met who was not actually mentally retarded. And uh, you know, this is the kind of these are professional football players. They are not exactly you know they're not noted for their humanity and uh, compassion. So if you're concerned about should we be rooting for a douchebag, well, you, <laughs> that ship has sailed, my friend. <laughs> good point. That is a good point. But I mean, everything you hear about this guy just seems above and beyond even your standard abhorrent behavior. Right. I mean, if he if he is going to stand out as a douchebag among professional football players, he's got to be in running for top level douchebag worldwide. I, what? What? I guess what? I just don't think anything. He's, yeah. What? Is, yeah. Like he parties, and I don't think I'd be his friend, but I don't understand why we hate him and think he's such a douchebag. I didn't say anything about hating him. We just no, are having. You said everything him. but you hate him. <laughs> well, I. You know, he doesn't seem like a person necessarily that I'd want to be around. What, do you mean, what has he done? Like, is this some like George W. Bush? Like, I'm gonna vote for you because you're a good old boy. Like, I mean, what what has he done that you hate him so much for? I don't know. Maybe it's all this time I've lived in a college town that makes me particularly <laughs> That's exactly. open to such things. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, there's yeah, a, he's, level... a, he's a super bro in, in in that respect. Yes, a douche. But he, you know, hey, and I'm saying his actions really bother me though in terms of like doing drugs and partying. Like that's I'm and, you know cool. I do that. My opinion on Johnny Manziel, man, is I think that even if he is good at football or not, regardless on that, he is a douchebag, like most people that play professional sports. <laughs> I don't understand. I really just don't understand. <laughs> All that being but said, Johnny Manziel, I'd love to have you on the show. I think, <laughs> I think Brian's totally right. Like His antics, one of the things that I think is good about it is like they've been talking about the Browns on media like national media because of Johnny Manziel. He's like flipping people off and talking shit. And he's like, you know, like there is a certain element to me like, hell yeah. Like I was listening to some sports radio the other day and they were like, is this what we're really talking about? Like we're talking about a Browns preseason game and they were mad. And I was like, welcome to my world dudes. You know, like that's what I'm thinking about right now too. Here's what people don't like about Johnny Manziel. There's no wink to him. There's no, like, there's no, you don't get the impression that he has any self-awareness of who he is and where he's coming from. So when people look at him, they just see him being, like, super bro, and they don't see him any sort of, like, underlying uh, self-awareness about him. Or, or humanity. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, guys, guys, I'm totally on Brian. He's not Adolf Hitler. He's a human being. <laughs> right. I'm on Team Weeby and Obenauer at this point. I completely... I'm on the pro Manziel because you're fucking right. You know, you can hold on to Brian Hoyer, but Johnny Football hasn't done anything wrong. I mean, I'm not saying whether I want him for my quarterback or not, and I definitely am his friend, but, like, he doesn't seem like he's done anything wrong other than just be full of himself. So that's not, like, unforgivable sin or anything. One thing that he hasn't done too much of has really been that great at football in the preseason. I don't think they ever felt comfortable giving him the keys just yet. It makes yeah. sense Brian Hoyer will get these three games against really good teams to probably crap out and go 0-3 going into the bye week, and then I have a feeling we'll see Johnny Footballs. And why not? I, I think, like, not. as we've discussed, uh, as Aaron brought up, football players aren't the smartest guys. Right. And there's a lot of rookies that are going to make the team, and Johnny Manziel's one of those, probably has the most to learn as a result. Right. Playing the position he plays. So, I mean... Yeah, like of the preseason stuff I've seen, it's pretty discouraging. But I also think that there's like a lot of room for them to just I, I, they they don't know their shit yet. Right, agreed. Don't know shit. He pretty much blew everything up and started over, like with yeah. a lot of those teams. So I guess it makes sense. It's just discouraging. It's not better. Isn't that always the case? Yeah. <laughs> what was the subtitle of this episode? The depression sets in early this year. <laughs> Yeah, it's worse. Well, you know what? Me and Sherry were driving up to Zanesville the other night to see Tommy and Thomas. Shout out to those guys that they'll never, ever hear. Um, but I, we were listening. It was the night of the Redskins game. And, you know, everybody, it was this preseason game, totally useless game, unofficial, as Aaron Van Dorn has called it. And, you know, everybody was freaking out about it. Like, I was listening to sports radio on the way up. And they were just like, Johnny Manziel, Robert Griffin III, and Brian Hoyer. And everyone was, like, freaking out. And then the game came, and everybody sucked. And they were like, I can't believe this was so terrible. And I was just thinking, like, it's so great that America, even for one night, just experienced what our lives are like. <laughs> like, oh, you're really excited about the Browns playing? And then it just sucked real bad, and you wondered why you were even watching it? <laughs> now we've shared an experience. Um, <laughs> So that was pretty funny, and I like that Manziel brings that element, you know? Yeah. Uh, he's not going to have anyone to throw the ball to, so he is going to need to run a lot, which I also think is a valid argument for letting him play because the Browns are really good at not doing what they intend to, and if he could just run, that'd be awesome. But he's also a little guy and might get destroyed immediately. That's when you got to bring in Rex Grossman. All right. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to cover one more bit of, like, total off-season news before we went into a quick break, and that was – we. and I want to get this guy on the show. This happened a month ago. We're going to try to get him on the show at some point. Um, I have his name somewhere. Uh, this guy peed on Art Modell's grave. Um, and – there's a dead spin article about it, but I'll post that on Six Peas and a Peas Facebook. But it doesn't matter because if you just Google like P Art Model grave, it'll come up. And this guy in Baltimore went to Art Model's grave in a Ravens jersey, an Ed Reed jersey, who will be a future Hall of Famer. And he acted as if he was paying respects and then just pees all over the grave. And through some off. sort of piss apparatus, right? Yeah, he's got like a catheter of urine. He's just blasting the grave with it and filming it. And he rips off the Ed Reed Ravens jersey to, res to reveal a Lyle 
Elzato Browns jersey. <laughs> says on the video, and he put this up on YouTube too. It's still up there. He says on the video that, um, let's see, talks some stuff about Modell not happy, and then he says, as far as pissing on your grave, I had no choice, end quote. And he growls, similar to the Indians manager in Major League, before chastising the folks who will tell him to get over it, saying, quote, fuck you, you let it go, end quote. And then he does a close-up of his Browns tattoo over rolling credits. Um, Incredible. Got, Sounds very well adjusted. Yeah, I think we'd love to have him on the show. I'm going to contact him, but I just wanted to, that's pretty crazy. Thoughts? Agreed. Uh, I feel like if we, if we have him on the show, it's just going to be a matter of seconds before he calls us something we can't air. <laughs> it seems a little uh, judgmental. Strong? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess I have mixed feelings. I mean, I, you know, a young Browns fan in terms of how long I've been following and cheering for the team, so... I don't understand completely. Michelle told me this as well, that I don't totally understand what it was like for them to leave town. If you were a Browns fan in 1995, you totally understand the sentiment behind pissing all over Modell's grave. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you actually do it. Right. I mean... uh, And I also think the catheter thing's weak. I think he should have whipped his dick out and pissed. (laughs) Now we're getting to the meat of the topic. (laughs) Bury the lead. (laughs) You're gonna so, go go whole hog. Long story short, we agree with you. You're in guy, but you should have done it with your wiener. Um, <laughs> check that out; it's pretty funny, and I think you know it's valid to a point. Like obviously, I don't recommend that. I'm not condoning it. But as a Browns fan, you know, I did hate that guy for taking the team I liked. Um, we're gonna take you to the quick break, a special quick six B and P station ID, and we'll be back in a minute. Hi, this is Ernest Biner. Former Browns player, you're listening to Six B's and a P on AquaBearLegion.com. What are we doing? All right, everybody, what are we doing? <laughs> Welcome back to Six B's and a P. I am so excited about the clip that just played. Chris Pollan, tell us how that happened. Um, there was a Browns event at Tootie's. In Beaver Creek. <laughs> There's not a single part of that sentence I don't like. Cooties <laughs> is a bar that is the home of, I believe, the Beaver Creek Browns backers. Um, and they have this crazy big celebration of Ernest Miner and uh, Kevin Mack in the 1984 NFL draft and Browns togetherness. <laughs> what do you think his appearance fee for that was? Like a, a basket of wings and forty bucks? Ooh, come on, man! <laughs> I don't know. Curtis <laughs> Biner. He was selling some merch too, I think. Oh, there you go. Probably didn't even need the forty bucks. Hey, man! Everyone's got to get theirs, right? No, maybe he wasn't. I think it was the Browns backers that were. Uh, they had official merchandise. Go Browns! Go Browns! And Ernest Biner, we'd love to have you on the show. And you already well. have. Oh yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have you back. Yeah. We're gonna okay. play the shit out of that clip this season. <laughs> Until we get a clip of the guy that peed on Modell's grave saying it. 
we'll play that too. Um, what's next? We got. I have the. I hope we have theme music for this. Our very special first annual Browns mandatory minicamp six views and a fee lightning round question mega edition. Yeah. Huh? Do we have theme music for that? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh. Just kidding. Browns lightning round question mega edition. Going to ask questions of all of our guests. All right, you heard it. Nice. Lightning round. Um, and what we're going to do with this, guys, is we're going to go... Um, I mean, I think everybody should be involved, probably. Well, it should be mentioned that we are also joined by another guest in our mandatory minicamp, Haley Hansen. Oh, Haley Hansen! Hey, Haley. Hi. Hello, Haley. She does not want to do this once again. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. But it's mandatory, so you have no say in that. I was hoping I could do it after I got back from the bar. We could wait while you take a shot or something. Does anybody need to catch up? (laughs) (laughs) I have a quick question. I think what we should do, Sherry, do you want to do the lightning round too? I think you should. So I think what we should do, guys, is since we're on the show all the time, the lightning round should be for our special guests, which in this case would be Aaron Van Dorn, David Obenauer, Haley Hanson, and Sherry Oliver. Is that all right? Agreed. Fine. Brian Weeby is typing some hilarious stuff on the Ray Rice question. I just want everyone to know that's going to make it great. Okay, lightning round. We're going to start question number one, and we're going to start with Aaron Van Dorn. Hit me. Brian Hoyer or Johnny Manziel? we got to go with the hometown boy, Brian Hoyer. All right, Haley Hansen. Um, Hoyer. Obenauer. Hoyer. Sherry Oliver. Hoyer. A stra- staunch, staunch. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> All right. Uh, these are of the last two Browns coaches, uh, Patton or Chud, Aaron. I'm gonna have to go with my cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller. Chud, <laughs> uh, Haley. Chud. That's right, Chud. Okay, open hour. <laughs> Patton. Oh, nice, Sherry Oliver. Chud, three for Chud. Now Next do you think that's because Chud is so handsome? <laughs> I'm Chud is fun to say. Chud was, but seriously, <laughs> that guy was just swimming in it. Go on. <laughs> Question number three. Favorite current Brown, Aaron Van Dorn? Who's the third string kicker? <laughs> we'll take that as your answer if you want. Sure. Or All a second right. string. I mean, how far uh, deep does it go? I don't even know if it goes that far. We have one. We? I think there's just a kicker and a punter. But what if they're both injured? <laughs> then they hire a new guy. <laughs> new guy, do you want to pick the new guy? I want to know Haley's favorite. Haley Hansen. We're not even going to get one from Aaron. Punter, second punter. Haley Hansen, favorite current Brown. <laughs> I don't know any. Fair enough. Go with all of them. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Go Browns. Uh, Dave Obenauer, favorite current Brown. Uh, Bartavius Mingo. Bartavius Mingo. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Sherry Oliver. Who's is Jamal Sheard, the guy who threw the guy through the art gallery window? Yes. Jamal yes. Sheard. Jamal Sheard. <laughs> Good answer, everybody. Um, along those same lines, and Haley, you may not have an answer here either. Aaron Van Dorn, favorite all-time Cleveland Brown. Jim Brown. Nice. Good answer. Haley Hansen. All of them. All of them. Yeah. All right. Dave Obenauer. Bernie Kosar. 
Bernie. Sorry, acceptable answer. Real fast, Bernie. If you're out there, please call us. We have not heard from you in some time. Sherry Oliver. Scott Player. Scott Player. <laughs> Shame on Gary. Why here, folks? Um, Ian uh, and Brian and Chris, I think you guys all can share this with me. I want to ask our lightning round guests what their favorite Sunday afternoon activity is. We know a few of them don't even watch football. Van Dorn, what are you doing on a Sunday afternoon? Day drinking. All right, Haley. I will be joining Van Dorn in the day drinking. All right, Dave Obenauer. Day drinking and playing board games. <laughs> All right, Jerry Oliver. All right, so everybody is day drinking even when the Browns are not on. Um, and along the – it's a perfect segue to the next two questions. Aaron Van Dorn, favorite beer right now? I still do not care for beer, but I've been drinking a lot of Original Sin Hard Cider, which is 6% ABV and not quite as sweet as most ciders. So I'll go All with right. That. We will accept that answer. Haley Hansen. Two-hearted. Okay. Obenauer. Dakios Chimalunga. Is that how you say it, Athens, guys? Chimalungama. Don't go Lungma. Yeah, the brown – whatever the brown ale is. Delicious. Sherry Oliver. Old Milwaukee. All right. <laughs> Sherry, we'll let you start this next question. Then, too, favorite yellow beer? Old Milwaukee. All right. Haley Hansen. Uh, premium. What is that? What's that? The Grain Belt makes it. It's a, it's a, a it's Midwest thing. thing. Yeah. It's actually oh. pretty good for a shitty beer. Uh, Bring well, me some of that when you come to Ohio. Okay. okay, it'll Game be a High life. High life. And Van Dorn? Uh, hams. Nice. Hams. Nothing if not classy, America. Um, totally arbitrary question, and it can be any sport. Aaron Van Doren, favorite team that is not the Browns? Uh, team America, but specifically on, only for the World Cup. Or not the World Cup, excuse me. Uh, the America's Cup. Yachting. Like yachting. Haley <laughs> Hansen, favorite team? Harlem Globetrotters. Very nice. Dave Obenauer. Dayton Dragons. Dayton Dragon. Yeah. We'd love to have you all on the show at once. Sharon Allery. The post-Soviet unified team that competed in the early 90s Olympics. Yes. It's very specific. <laughs> they were very good at gymnastics. Aaron Van Doren, favorite thing about Cleveland, Ohio? Oh, uh, I guess, uh, shoot, what was the name of that venue? Uh, Grog Shop. All right, Haley Hansen, favorite thing about Cleveland? All the super nasty dead fish on Lake Erie. All right, positive slants. Uh, Dave Obenauer. All the Eastern Europeanness of it. That's right. <laughs> I feel right at home there. Nostrovia, Sherry Oliver. What's not to love about Cleveland? Everybody loves Cleveland. <laughs> totally arbitrary question. Answer between zero and 16 would be <laughs> all of them. Aaron Van Dorn, how many wins will the Browns have this year? Seven. Ooh, awesome. That's a very... Haley. Two. Very <laughs> pragmatic there. Dave. Five, but I'm hoping for eight. <laughs> okay, Sherry. Four. Four for Sherry Oliver. I have a feeling that will be the correct answer, unfortunately. Um, real truth here, guys. Real talk. How many episodes of 6B and a P have you listened to that you were not a guest on? Aaron Van Dorn. Seven or eight. Oh, wow. Hey. Haley Hansen. Uh, a few. Ian makes me listen to him sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Not by my own choice. You love it. I, 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 Dave. All of them. 
I love it. Listen to you after you were done recording them live. Yeah. One. Okay. <laughs> I'm often adjacent. Yeah, and I don't always. I do most of the time, but you would hear those. Yeah. I want to listen to a handful of them. Question, and if you need an explanation, Ian and Brian can provide. So can Chris. Ray Rice is a cock, right? Yeah. Van Dorn. Uh, is he the guy from the Raiders or the Ravens? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Then yes, I would agree. Okay, and then there's a follow-up. Is Ray Rice a dick or a cock or an asshole or a fucker or a piece of shit? Which one of those do you? Hi, Brian. I'd say all of the above, I guess. Oh, is he he's listening? Gonna, he's gonna listen. You think so? My dad's that. listening right now. Dad, I'm sorry, I didn't write that in the outline, and I'm an adult, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> Dad. My own bad, guys. You know. I don't apologize. The guy's a cunt in the half. <laughs> that was Ian, Dad. Just for the record. Um, Van Doren, you said he's a cock, and which one of those do you, would you piece of oh, shit? I, I, I don't know, I guess i go for all of the above. He doesn't seem to be a particularly pleasant human being, so. That Did is the correct answer. In an elevator. Uh, Haley. I'm going to go with piece of shit. Okay, I like that. Uh, <laughs> Dave. Yeah, I like piece of shit, too. Okay, Sherry. The worst. Oh, the worst. Oh, oh um, I'm off book. We got two more questions here. Aaron Van Doren, when you do listen to Six Bs in a P, how many minutes do you listen to on average? Yeah, what you'd say they're what, like about ninety minutes a piece? Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> they're long. Uh, it's a uh, I would say about uh, forty five to sixty minutes depending. Wow. That's great. You need an editor. Uh, Haley. Fifteen. I think that's brave of you to go into that territory. Are people driving the wrong way down our yeah. street? <laughs> we live on a one-way street and someone is going the wrong way riveting radio um, <laughs> Dave Dave, how many minutes do you listen to on average when you listen to all, all of them all minutes That's why Dave Obenauer is often described as a friend of the show <laughs> um, last question everyone can answer Ian I want Ian to answer this what's your favorite brown thing oh boy uh, Tecumseh the cat Okay. Brian Weedy, favorite, favorite brown thing? Gosh. Um, I feel like you got to say poop. <laughs> Fair enough. Chris Poland. We did back into a corner with that. Chris Poland, favorite brown thing? Uh, chocolate in the shape of poop. <laughs> Dave Obenauer, favorite brown thing? Beer. Okay. Haley Hansen? Cake. Okay. Sherry Oliver? My hair. Ooh, and I will also choose Sherry's hair. <laughs> Can I change my answer? Yes. To my hair? <laughs> Poop in the shape of chocolate. <laughs> yes. All right, very good. Thanks, everybody, for playing. That was great. Thank you. We're going to bid farewell to Aaron Van Doren. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it was great having you on. We'll have you back, Aaron. Uh, well, I look forward to uh, talking about something in the future with you guys. It'll be football. Yes. Oh, damn it. Never mind. <laughs> everybody. See ya. Haley Hansen is also uh, leaving us. Haley Hansen, everybody. Dave Obenauer, I wish you would leave. No. Oh. <laughs> a bit of a hint for Dave Obenauer. <laughs> um, He's got a hard out, man. What do you want me to do? <laughs> so... 
I saw something interesting that was going around the Facebook recently, courtesy of Mike Lynch. Mike Lynch, I don't know if you listen to this podcast, but you should. Shout out to Mike Lynch. He's not going to hear that if he doesn't. I know. Does he? I think occasionally he does. Yeah, Sherry said anything. I think he would. Mike is brother to Emily Prince, friend of the show. I don't. Yeah, and Kelly Lynch. Great, great people. Just great people all around. Um, And Mike posted this. It was sort of a circle infographic, and I linked to it in the outline here, guys, of the brown circle of life. Um, It was sort of, yeah, it kind of, it's pretty dead on. And in it, we go through this never-ending pattern of new quarterbacks and failed seasons and fired coaches and new GMs. And I wanted to know what you thought about it. The actual, it begins with new front office, or depending on how you look at it, you could jump in anywhere. New front office, hire new coach, draft terrible quarterback, lose 11 to 12 games, fire head coach, release terrible quarterback, front office quits. <laughs> It's hard to argue. Circle of life. Sometimes it's extended maybe to two seasons, right? Yeah, and it, it has been a recent, and even I would say within the NFL, terrible thing that it's been one season lately, right? That's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. 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 Anybody have any thoughts? I don't disagree. Yeah, that theory makes us sad. Um, Time is a flat circle of crushing depression. <laughs> there it is, everybody. We haven't even gotten into week one. <laughs> and that's where we're at. How do you guys feel about the reboot in general? Like, I feel like at first when it happened, I was pretty disheartened, but it seemed like they took some chances and maybe it'll turn out. Well, I remember uh, a couple years ago when Shermer was still the head coach, uh, Brian Costco and I were talking about it, and he said, if I, you know, this is a verbatim, but basically, you're going to fire him eventually. You may as well do it now. And I, I think they kind of took that tact with his, his last overhaul. It's like this isn't going anywhere. We know it's not going anywhere. Let's just fucking cut our losses and start over right away instead of dragging it out another year or two. So I'm okay with it so far. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I was pretty excited throughout the offseason hearing about, like, the players they signed and I thought the draft was really good. Um, and and I, I like Petten more than Chad, personally. I just think he's got a more football demeanor about him, which I don't know. But he, he actually sounds intelligent, too, when he's uh, interviewed and whatnot. So, I, I don't know. I think it still needs quite a bit of time to be successful, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm feeling all right about it. Seemed like the draft set us up pretty nicely for next year too. I thought it was yeah. a good, draft. really good draft. Yeah, they have two firsts next year, right? Yeah, I mean that's the other thing I was gonna say. Like with the players they got out of it, I felt it was a good draft, and I still feel Manziel's a good pick at twenty-two. I said that after the draft, and I feel away regardless if he plays this year or not. But getting that extra pick too, I mean, when you think about it, they got all of those players and another first rounder next year, like. And I think there's some potential. That curtsy guy looked awesome. Like even some of their later round picks look good. Yeah, I think they had the draft was a highlight for sure. Everything was hunky dory outside of Gordon's predicament, and then the preseason happened. Yeah. Well, last year in the preseason they were not bad. Mm-hmm. Right. And look yeah. what happened. <laughs> so yeah, we're so we're golden. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we've all been in bands. You know, good, good practice, bad show. Right. Uh, and it's an analogy that's very useful. No, that's true. Um, you know, I think there's still some potential, but I think I think everybody's right. You know, like I think that there's still the draft was good. It set us up for next year. I think Patton. I I think he's a good a good football mind. He seems to have his head in the right place, and. The Browns do need to change that culture, I think, and that feeling that's in that locker room, and he seems to be doing that, I think. <laughs> but, yeah, Josh Gordon sucked because it made him not only lose their best player and one of the best in the NFL, but it thinned them out at a position they weren't thick in to begin with. And then not having a quarterback that steps up, whether or not it's Hoyer or Manziel, you know, neither one of them has been, like, particularly awesome. Is always That's the thing that, like, when Mike Lynch posted that chart um, – the bad QB thing really stuck out. Like, you know, there's been – I just it just feels like a constant, never-ending cycle of a quarterback battle between two crappy quarterbacks. What about you guys if you had to do the lightning round question between Chud and Petten? Where do you guys stand? I I'd, I'd say <laughs> Petten, personally. I would agree and go with Petten. Like, I don't know. Chud seemed like he was nice, but I think that – that seems more like, you know. Uh, I think we'd be comparing him to Stone Cold before, and, you know. <laughs> yeah. You want Stone Cold to be your coach. Yeah, you don't want, you know, chubby, chubby chuds. Uh, <laughs> I was in favor of Chud, man, even outside of his ability to crush puss. <laughs> <laughs> Way cooler dudes than Pat Shermer. Oh, well, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who somehow now, real fast, side note, is heading up like one of the best offenses in football, arguably, or one that has the potential to be in the Philadelphia Eagles, which is crazy to me. Um, but I think I like Petten, but I don't think Chud was given a fair shake, man. That was a bad – everything was bad about last year. I just hope it's not that bad this year. Ian had a good point, though, just, you know, cut your losses. If you're going to fire them, fire them now and – yeah, don't I, also, it out. I was talking to someone the other day uh, who had that same sort of feeling about Manziel. Like, let him play all year and just see what he's got and let him go through a whole year or do that with Hoyer and don't take the person out and just, like, you know, really go at it. And I don't know. I mean, you know. That's something, a point I was going to raise. I agree with that. I, I mean, I think part of breaking that quarterback cycle could be, like, actually, like, letting someone sit on the bench and develop instead of just throwing them to the wolves with, you know, not enough weapons or protection, and then they fail, and then it's like, well, he, he's a failure. We're moving on, you know. Right. So I think, ideally, Hoyer would have a decent season, and Manziel could, you know, watch and learn. Right, and then you either trade him if there's a demand for it, if Hoyer's all right, or you have a way to push Hoyer... But here's my question, everybody. Is there any way that that can happen if Hoyer's the starting quarterback and Manziel's the one on the bench? Is anyone going to let Brian Hoyer? Like, you know it's the Browns, dude. Like, he's not going to win 16 games. Like, what happens when he starts throwing interceptions? Like, there's no way they would let even in there. Right? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, with Manziel, I could see it working out, but... I think the cycle will repeat itself, probably, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that for some reason, you know, and part of that problem is you, you've got to have a relatively successful guy to allow someone to develop. You know, like, 
Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, for example, or, you know, Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady, or, you know, I don't know if that's accurate. But... Tom Brady and Brian Hoyer. Yeah. yeah. Brown Super Bowl. <laughs> well, can... I think that's the hope, and I mean, from what I've read, he's definitely, like, you know, more equipped to play professional football than the rookie, you know? Yeah, I think Manziel will get there. I mean, he yeah. seems to have some potential, and I think it was a really valid point you ever brought it up earlier that he seems really good at succeeding when plays completely break down, which is one of the Browns. Literally, like, that's how you could describe the Browns' offense. <laughs> right? I, I, I still think I'd, I'd rather see him have success when that doesn't happen. Right. If yeah. he's a great improviser, that's fine, but you don't want him doing that all the time. Right. Another season of a good draft and, like, getting these guys together. And hopefully, you know, I mean, even if they go 6-10, and 10, like, there's no way Patton's losing his job. No, well, he gets more no. than four wins out of these guys. I think he keeps another year, unless they were planning on firing him anyway. Just because of how bad the Browns have been. Yeah. Especially with, like, you know, in between quarterbacks or whatever. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to go to actually a broken bandwagon here, even though Brian Weeby's in the studio with us. He's also delivering a special broken bandwagon for us, and it's about draft day, isn't it? Yep, it's about draft day. You are the one who has seen it. <laughs> the only one of us who has watched draft day. We hope to remedy that before the season starts. It is it will be available on rental. I could maybe just do it right now off the cuff. I Did got were... my here. Yeah. Would that be good, or would you guys prefer a separate? Uh... Well, I, thought... I like it live in studio. Like... Let's do it live in studio. All right, and yeah, I mean it's. I know you guys haven't seen the movie, but feel free to join in and commenting. But uh, here are my draft day thoughts. Real fast. Ian, I know you don't normally do this, but since he's live in studio, did you by any chance, do you have, like, a broken bandwagon theme song that you've never used that you wanted to try? Well, I I mean, I guess since he's going off the cuff, I can go off the cuff a little bit. Yeah, let's do it. Broken bandwagon, live in studio. Broken. Who's it sponsored by today? It is sponsored by Pierogi Mountain. <laughs> Always and forever. Here we go. Pierogi, pierogi, pierogi mountain, broken bandwagon, Brian Weeby. All right, thank you. You're welcome. All right, so here are the draft day thoughts. I think it is the most telephone calls ever in a movie. <laughs> like, the movie is probably 60% telephone calls. Um,. Then, as a result, I feel like, you know, Ivan Reitman and whoever is producers uh, sitting in the editing bay, like, we got to spice up these telephone calls. <laughs> and so they do a lot of split screens, but they don't just do normal split screens. They have the characters sort of break the, the fourth wall or whatever and cross the split screen. I shit you not. <laughs> Like, a lot. It happens a lot. They get fancy with it. Like, the split screens interweave, so, like, one scene, like, kind of passes through the other scene. It's bizarre. And, it, you know, it made me wonder if 3D was ever part of the play on it. Amazing. Like, a 3D movie of people talking on phones and weird split screens. Um, I'll say the, the main cast is uh, Jennifer Garner, Kevin Costner, Dennis Leary. Uh, they are all looking rough. I mean, their faces are like, look out. Um, <laughs> let's see. 
It's super duper cheesy, but like I'm I'm knocking it right now. It's ridiculous and cheesy, and and you know, um, at one point I commented to Michelle, I think it would look better on VHS. <laughs> yeah. But I also thought like VHS 3D that would be pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> but the cast is entertaining. Uh, and there's some funny lines in the movie, both intentionally and unintentionally. Um, but my my final thought is that it's like the Browns and that it's not good, but it's kind of enjoyable. <laughs> and my favorite quote from the movie, I forget the guy's name, but I thought it could be a, a, a maybe a tagline for this show that we could trim out of it or something. It's like, come on, John, say it with me, you pancake-eating motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, and there's kind of a weird love story thing with Jennifer Garner and Kevin Costner uh, and they kiss at the end of the movie and I said trading draft picks is like Cialis <laughs> <laughs> anyhow yeah, that's, that's my thoughts Dave Obenauer will you bring us back since you're here in, in the studio we're back there it is <laughs> Uh, thank you, Brian Weeby, for the first live and in-person Broken Bandwagon. Ian Wolf, thank you for that off-the-cuff song. Dave Obenauer, thanks for bringing us back. Six Bs and a P here on AquabearLegion.com. I'm your host, Brian Costco, with Ian Wolf, Brian Weeby, Chris Poland, Sherry Oliver, and Dave Obenauer all in the studio for our mandatory minicamp. Luke Edwards, not here, I'd like to point out real fast. <laughs> Who else is it? Dan Majeski? Dan Majeski not here. He did call in with an excuse. Yeah. Uh, who else? Michelle. Michelle. Haven't heard from Michelle Naw yet. She's um, been in and out. She wouldn't mind contributing. Get her on here in this last little bit. Zach Long also not responding to the thing, but texting me about some other shit I don't care about. Strange. <laughs> during the podcast. Well, I do care about it, but... I know, but I do care about it, Zach Long. But I know, I feel bad now. That's not what I meant. Zach Long, I do care about that. But I also wonder why you're not on the show, man. Um, We're going to do... I want to give our quick kind of season previews, what we think is going to happen, maybe um, you know, our most exciting thing we think or what to expect. And then we have a whole lot of Tweet of the Weeks. I want Sherry to come up and read some of them, too. That will come up after that. Quick preview of Steelers in week one, and we'll send you on your merry podcasting way. Ian, what are your uh, season preview? What do you think is going to happen? Oh, I think the Browns are... I don't know, man. I'm, I, I really don't know. Like, that defense, you know, on first and second down of that Rams game looked pretty good. At least the first team, those fucking third downs killed them. But I think the defense could be stout. I think... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. I am. I, I have no real strong leanings one way or the other. I'm just along for the ride. Chris Poland? Uh, there's going to be ups and downs and chills and spills. And ultimately, <laughs> we'll end up in the same place and do it again next year. Hey, how about it? Brian Weeby. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's... Uh... I think it'll probably be similar to last season. <laughs> Unfortunately speaking the truth. Dave? Yeah, I uh, I didn't do a silver linings this one because I 
I don't feel all that optimistic. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, because I asked you, and we wanted to make sure to kind of get everybody involved who wanted to be involved, Luke Edwards, um, involved <laughs> with the show, and I asked Dave, you know, like, in addition to even being on it just as a guest, like, whatever you could do, I asked you about doing a Silver Lines playbook, and you were just like, I don't think I'm going to do that, but I'll be on it not. You know, like, <laughs> I wonder what the reasoning is. I I don't know. Maybe maybe that sort of optimism is a defense mechanism, and since we're in the quote-unquote unofficial part of the season, I don't need to employ it yet. But, okay, uh, I like it. But yeah, I don't know. I it's, I think it's going to be ugly, but we'll we'll make it through if we've got each other. <laughs> Sharing the laughter. There's the silver lining. <laughs> Jerry Oliver, do you have an opinion on this year's season? What's the question? What do you what do you think's gonna happen this year? What's your season preview? Any predictions for the Browns? I think it'll they'll lose a lot. People will get mad. It will lose a lot and people will get mad as we <laughs> yeah. well, so I see that happening. That's pretty valid. Um, we're gonna head on now to we have a lot of tweets of the week. Cause, and I, I really think too that um, we haven't been on in a while. These accumulate and Sherry I originally had one. I kind of forgot about this, and I thought mine was pretty good, but Sherry found some gems while we were doing the first part. Um, I'm going to start with the one I have, and he appears a few more times um, from Jason Pinkston. He's actually not a member of the Browns anymore. They released him, but he had a blood clot, so they kind of was. Uh, he was he's retired from football. So shout out to Jason Pinkston out there. Hope you're feeling better, and we'd love to have you on the show. And you say some awesome stuff on Twitter, including from just earlier today. I'm so happy we moved past the YOLO era. That shit was annoying. At Jason Pinkston OL. <laughs> Sherry, you have one? Um, I have a lot, actually. Uh, that was one. The YOLO one was one of mine. Okay. Um, Terrence West, does he play for the Browns? He does. Uh, he tweeted uh, just a couple hours ago, where are some nice luxury townhouses in Cleveland for rent? Five question marks. The first response was, "There are none." <laughs> <laughs> At Aaron's West underscore twenty. Mm-hmm. You want to follow him? You got another one there. Marquise Gray. Did I say that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, he said, "I'm gonna treat myself to a movie after meetings, football meetings. Uh, when the game stands tall, looks like a good one." I just thought it was funny that he was like in meetings. so many meetings that he wanted to give himself a treat. All right. <laughs> I have one here in between, and we'll come back to share her few. From Anthony Armstrong, one of our receivers we're hoping can catch a football once Josh Gordon is put in jail. Um, Anthony Armstrong at Mr. Armstrong 13. He says, Catfish is a crazy show. Chick Catfish, old buddy, then flips on him. Question mark, exclamation point, question mark. Um, Anthony Sherry? Armstrong uh, at Mr. Armstrong 13 this morning at 8.48 a.m. asked Twitter, is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame open today? <laughs> the Browns. Cam Henderson, I'm pretty sure he plays for the Browns. He tweets, I'm an Indians fan since like last month. I like it. I appreciate his honesty. I got one. From Jacoby McDaniel, and that is J-A-C-O-B-B-I. Um, Jacoby, who I think plays for the Browns, they did some cuts today, so he might not anymore. He's got a picture of himself with an awesome beard that you just have to see to believe, and he says, boy, 
my facial hair done, growed back. I'm back in the game. Hashtag bang bang. You <laughs> are, my man. Sure. I know Jason Pinkston doesn't play for the Browns anymore. Although, he's a Brown. if you go to the Cleveland Browns Twitter, you can pull up a feed of all of the players' tweets, and he still shows up in the feed. So in my eyes, he's still a Brown. I, and he um, is. He retired he as a Brown. This, uh, three days ago. My gun worked in my dream for the first time ever. It didn't jam or just fall apart. <laughs> what is he dreaming about? I got one from Christian Yount, our long, slap, long snapper. Um, at the Yount. <laughs> That's a verified account. My spirit animal is a breakfast burrito. <laughs> Yeah. Jabal Sheard at Jabal Sheard. Nice. Good uh, name. He tweets uh, at 1.27 in the morning on August 22nd, no more naps for me. Oh, Jabal Sheard up late. <laughs> up late. Trying to fall asleep. We got another one from Jason Bingston. Bit of humor. Come December, I'm nominating everyone who picked me for the ALS Ice Challenge. Be ready. Because it'll be cold outside and they'll be get cold. sick. Um, and then the very last one that I found was another one from Anthony Armstrong. I like him, and I think he tweets a lot. Mm. Waking up to find bruises in places that you don't recall <coughs> getting hit in. First person who responds says, sounds like marriage. Oh! That was your tweet of the week. Ian, cue up that music. It's the tweet of the week. In that case, about 12 of them. Sorry. Um, they were all pretty funny, though, don't you think? Yeah, that was great. I'd hate to be the bearer of bad news, but Anthony Armstrong was also cut today. Oh, oh come on! Oh. He was, uh... So, <laughs> well, there you have it. <laughs> um, one couple more things I wanted to do before we headed out. Steelers Week 1 preview. That's when we'll join you again is after the first game of the season against the hated and terrible Pittsburgh Steelers in... The worst place ever, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, what do you guys think is going to happen? Dave? Going to be ugly. Yeah, Dave. <laughs> I mean, the Steelers aren't very good, but Dave's already jumping ugly. Let's make this shorter maybe than it needs to be. Does anybody disagree with Dave? I, I hope that some ugly games can sometimes work out well for the Browns because it's where they live. You know? Yeah. And I'd love to see Ben Roethlisberger hurt. That's all I hope happens. <laughs> well, I, will, I know one thing for certain will happen week one. As the Steelers will eat our butts. <laughs> that will definitely happen. Chris Pollard, any, any predictions? I got nothing. Now, the Steelers' backfield had a little bit of an issue. <laughs> and, I mean, if we're going to, you know, call out my boy Josh Gordon and my man Javon, Devon Best, Jaw Life, Got life. Um, LeGarrette Blount, and I mean, come on, his last name is pretty close to Blount, and LeVon Bell, the Steelers' backfield, who both are pretty good running backs, were uh, doing a little smoking and drinking. Right? Mm -hmm. In a car, in the like a parking lot somewhere. And so they might not have running backs. Or they might have them for a little bit, but not for the whole season. I saw the stat... Uh... This might not be correct, but I, I saw it the other day. said the other running backs on the Steelers' rosters outside of those two had a combined zero career carries. 
That's like some Fozzie Whitaker shit. Foswit. Love to have you on the show. So nobody thinks we have a chance in this game? I Brian. think we have a chance. Yeah. I think we have a chance. Any given Sunday, Brian. I'm sorry. I just love that movie. It could <laughs> get... I mean, it, it could go either... I'd say the, the options are probably either they kick the shit out of us, which could happen, most definitely. Or we play, or just like a really, like, you know, it's a conference game, and, like, those games are really nasty and competitive usually, so. Well, let me rephrase. Nasty yeah, let me rephrase the question, I guess, a little bit, too. Let's say we win this game by some strike of fate. Let's be optimistic, because we have 16 6Bs and a P after this, maybe 17. Where it could be, we're going to go through the roller coaster that mostly is broken, right? It's like the terrible roller coaster of emotions where we'll all have to, like, hug and cry at the same time. And, like, at some point, somebody really fucked up is going to be our quarterback. Like, it's not going to be, like, a guy that's on the roster. Like, Jeff Garcia is going to be our quarterback at some point because everybody got hurt. It's going to be bad, like it does. And I want to be hopeful right now. Like, what if we win that game versus the Steelers in Pittsburgh, Browns start off 1-0? What are we talking about in that episode? Is Brian Hoyer huge and, like, you know, is there this hope immediately? Of course. You were around. Is anything to glom on to? Right, yeah. I mean, I think if we win, we'll probably be pumped about the defense. Right, some turnovers and stuff? Yeah. I think the defense has to, like, hopefully carry us through a couple games this season. Because the offense, I think, needs quite a bit of time to get the kinks worked out. Yeah. Do you think a good portion of Hoyer's issues is mental, like confidence stuff, that like maybe if a win in Pittsburgh, that could really help make shit fall into place? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, he kind of got thrown into being like successful, thrown together a couple games, and that was a pretty massive injury, too. Mm-hmm. And then he gets back to camp, and he's, like, given this sort of half, you're the starter, and, whoa, Johnny Manziel's here, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. But he could be awesome. Who knows? Is that the hope? I think it's defense, but I think Hoyer's got to hes got to have a good game. Yeah. Ben Tate. We didn't talk about Ben Tate a lot. Yeah, I mean, he seems like a capable running back in the past, so... Yeah, I mean, a running game, obviously, of any sort, has got to be a little better than last year. It got bad last year. Yeah. All right, well, anybody, any last-minute thoughts from anybody? Browns? Go Browns. (laughs) Go Browns. That was a good last-minute thought. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, it is the most cautious optimism ever in the preseason. It's where I feel, especially with going the three seasons of this podcast doing preseason episodes, you know. This one is definitely the saddest, as weird as that sounds. Because, I mean, like, Brandon Whedon sucks way more than Johnny Manziel, right? Can we all agree on that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, strangely enough, though, I just feel, like, so beaten down at this point, it just doesn't feel like a good way to enter the year. But go Brown. (laughs) (laughs) We're still going to be here for you. We'll all get through it together, like Dave said. That's right. Uh, (laughs) 
And, you know, expectations uh, a powerful thing in life, so... We're being honest from the outset, so I think we can only be, like, pleasantly surprised, hopefully. Yeah, I've got 13-3 and three on my vision board. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's You know, it used to be 16-0 and 0 a few years ago. He's dumbed it down to 13-3. and 3. Um, And I think that's a good note to end on. 13-3. and 3. We'll be back with you uh, the week after the Browns play the Steelers to open the season. That weekend is also the Aqua Bear County Fair. It's going to turn eight this year down in Athens, Ohio, September 5th and 6th. It's all free. There's 15 incredible bands. On Friday night at the Union, starting at about 9 p.m., we have the Summoners, followed by Speaking Sons, the Heartlanders, W.V. White from Columbus, and the D-Rays. On Saturday, we're going to start off at 3 p.m. at Hoffa's Records with some in-stores from Adam Remnant, Joe Anderl, and also Chris Beaster of Athens. And then we go to the Union on Saturday night where Connections will play around midnight. Hextend will probably close the night out. And you'll also be able to see Dead Hand, A Man, Super Nobody, Unmonumental, and Weed Ghost in between everybody. So come on down for that. It's free. You have absolutely no excuse. We should drink beer and watch music. We'll be on after that as well. Browns can start off the season that weekend versus the Steelers. Who can do what, Ian? Eat our butts. That's correct. I am Brian Costco signing off for six Bs and a P, kicking off our third season. Thanks, everybody, for being on. Thank you. Thank you, too. What an enthusiastic bunch. Thanks we'll for hosting, buddy. <laughs> this time and channel in the internet world, aquabrelegion.com. You can find us on there all the time. Go Brown. 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 Go Brown.